We're now going to have the Bible reading, which comes from Acts chapter 1, verses 15 to 26. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in this ministry. With the reward he got for his wickedness, Judas brought a field. There he fell headlong, his body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language Akheldama, that is, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time. The Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed two men, Joseph, called Basabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 disciples. Let's pray. Father God, we pray as we approach your word this morning that your spirit would give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you have for us this morning. We pray that you would strengthen us, equip us and enable us to be active in the way we trust you while we wait for all of the promises that you have made to us to be fulfilled. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's anything that frustrates me, it's waiting on hold to speak to somebody at the insurance company. You know, as you pick up that phone, you're greeted by an automated voice that gives you a whole range of numbers that they want you to press in order to get through to the right department. And most of the time, that automated voice runs through those numbers so quickly that you have to listen to it twice before you even figure out what the right number is. And once you've managed to be transferred to the right department, well, then you hear that message, don't you? We are currently experiencing higher than normal call volumes. Your expected wait time will be 35 minutes. Now, one would think at least they've told you, at least you know it's going to be 35 minutes, but we all know that when they say 35 minutes, it could be 15 or it could be 45 and the only way to know for sure is to wait on that line and find out. Now, all that wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't for the hold music they use. It's agonising to sit and listen to that same repetitive tune over and over again with no idea how long you're going to have to endure this kind of punishment. It can be really frustrating to have to wait. In our family, we now have a learner driver. 
And so just last week, I made the dreaded phone call to our insurance provider to put her name on the policy. And as expected, I was met with a long wait while listening to excruciating music and incredibly repetitive music, only to be told that after more than half an hour of waiting that there was no need to make any changes to my existing policy. Waiting is never much fun. Whether it's waiting for someone to arrive or waiting for someone at the shops or waiting on hold for the insurance company, waiting is never an easy thing to do. But as those with hope in Christ Jesus, those with hope in the restoration of all things through Christ's life, death and resurrection, we are people who are called to wait. We are those who wait for the day when our Saviour will make all the wrongs in this world right, the day when he will bring us to himself forever. But as we wait for our Master to return, we have not been called to be idle, but to actively trust Jesus while we wait. In the lead-up to the events in these verses, the 11 apostles have gone through an incredible roller coaster of emotions. All of them, except for Peter, had fled when Jesus was arrested. And even he denied Jesus three times. They had mourned as Jesus was sentenced to death and then crucified on a Roman cross. They would have been terrified after the crucifixion, wondering if they were going to be the next ones to face this kind of grisly end. To their amazement, their sadness was turned into joy when the risen Lord Jesus appeared to them. It was an incredible roller coaster of emotions. But as they enjoyed the presence of the risen Lord Jesus, it'd be fair for the, to say that they must have at that point expected that the worst of what it meant to be a follower of Jesus was past. Surely now Jesus had risen from the dead everything that was wrong would be made right again. But then just when they started to think that Jesus might restore the kingdom of Israel, well, Jesus ascended to heaven and he told them to wait, to wait for the gift my father promised, the promised Holy Spirit. Now, next week, we're going to be hearing about how the Holy Spirit was poured out on the believers and how they were empowered in a special way. But as we look at these verses today, we'll be looking at how the apostles actively trusted the Lord while they waited for him to fulfill everything that he'd promised. So firstly, as followers of Jesus, we are called to actively trust him while we wait for him to fill everything he has promised to do. It's hard to really understand these verses and understand what's going on here without reflecting on who Judas, Judas was to Jesus and the 11 apostles. As Peter himself says in verse 17, Judas was once one of them. Just like them, Judas had been set aside as one of Jesus' special followers, his apostles. And he shared in this ministry alongside the 11. 
Now, all of the followers of Jesus, every single one of us, including all of us here, are called to be disciples of Christ. A disciple is someone who continues to grow and learn, and that's what we talk about, a walk, our Christian walk, because as we go on in the Lord, we grow and we learn and we study his word and we grow in dependence on him. But the ministry of these 12 is different because it was an apostolic ministry. They were called to be apostles. Now, apostle is a word that simply means sent one, a messenger. And the 12 apostles were special messengers sent to establish God's church here on earth. And Judas, well, he was one of the 12. But all that ended when Judas betrayed Jesus by handing him over to those who were trying to kill him. At first, Judas must have believed that there was something really special about Jesus. Judas had seen Jesus perform all of the same miracles, all of the same signs and wonders that all the other apostles had seen. So what was it that led Judas to reject Jesus? Was it that as he spent more and more time with Jesus, the more he realised that what Jesus was teaching and encouraging them to do was different from what he thought was important? Did he grow tired of Jesus' lack of concern for power or money? Perhaps he'd hoped that Jesus would make him powerful or rich or somehow influential. Perhaps he'd seen Jesus' popularity as an opportunity, something he might have been able to exploit for his own gain. But as time went on, Judas realised that Jesus wasn't going to make him powerful or wealthy in this life. And so he seized the chance to gain what he cared about the most. He seized the chance to gain earthly riches and betray Jesus for just 30 pieces of silver. Judas was not actively trusting Jesus while he waited for Jesus to fulfill what he promised to do. And because Judas was not actively trusting Jesus while he waited, he lost sight of how much greater the prize is for those who continue in Jesus to the end. So he gave up eternity for a wealth that he could not hold on to and one that would never have satisfied him. When he realised what he'd done, he went away and took his own life. He could have just repented. He could have just called on the Lord for mercy. But his pride was such that he would not accept his guilt and took his own life. Judas fell because he couldn't wait for the riches that come through faith in Christ Jesus. He wanted prosperity now. And so he gave up eternity for things that he could not hold on to. Judas wasn't the only one who was tempted to think about God's kingdom in these terms. Because even the 11 in verse 6 of chapter 1 ask Jesus, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? You can hardly blame them, can you? Surely now that Jesus was risen from the dead, they would finally see the national victory 
that they had longed to see. And surely somehow they would find places of honour in this new world order. Just when they were thinking that Jesus would conquer all of their enemies and fulfil all of their dreams, he was taken up into heaven. And so it would have been really easy for the 11 at that point to lose heart, just as Judas had done. Rather than taking their eyes off the prize and losing hope, verse 14 tells us that the believers all joined together constantly in prayer as they actively trusted Jesus while they waited for him to fulfill all that he had promised to do. Secondly, as followers of Jesus, we are called to actively trust him while we wait as we prepare for what he has called us to do. In stark contrast to Judas, the 11 remaining apostles continue to actively trust Jesus while they waited. Back in verse 4, Jesus had commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the gift my father has promised, the promised Holy Spirit. And while the believers waited, they didn't just sit around idly wondering what's going to happen next. They were constantly in prayer as they encouraged each other in their walk with the Lord. And while they waited, they also got ready to do what Jesus had called them to do. Peter stood up and he addressed the believers. And as he spoke, he reminded them how Judas had betrayed Jesus. And he told them that it is necessary for them to choose someone else to take Judas's place as the 12th apostle. And as Peter brought this to the believer's attention, his whole basis for doing so was his conviction from God's word. You'll notice how it's printed out differently in the NIV there. That's because it, it's pointing to the fact that Peter is quoting from Psalm 69, verse 25, and Psalm 109, verse 9. And from what Peter understands of those verses, he explains to the believers that they have a responsibility to choose someone to take Judas's place. Now, in Christian circles, this is a very complex debate. Uh, basically, the debate is, should Peter, did he jump the gun in, uh, in having Matthias appointed as the 12th apostle? Or is the apostle Paul the 12th apostle? We know that the tw number 12 the 12 apostles, that symbolises the 12 tribes of Israel. And in Scripture, the number 12 is a very significant number. In fact, even in Revelation uh, 21, verse 14, it says, the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So this creates a whole debate around whether Matthias is the 12th apostle, or whether Paul is. But I'll open, lay all my cards on the table. I believe that God sovereignly planned for Matthias to become the 12th apostle in preparation for the gospel going out to the Jew Jewish world at Pentecost. And that the apostolic ministry of the apostle Paul is slightly different. 
as his main role was to be the apostle to the Gentiles, which he calls himself in Romans 11, verse 13. But whatever your thoughts are on that, what is certain is that Paul, sorry, I just said Paul a lot of times, Peter was convicted by the scriptures that this election of the 12th apostle was necessary. And so even while they waited for the promised Holy Spirit, Peter and the other believers were not idle. They were continually looking to God's word to find wisdom and guidance. And they were actively trusting God, his word and his son while they waited in preparation for what Jesus had called them to do, to share the good news of Jesus. And lastly, as followers of Jesus, we are called to actively trust in him while we wait by praying to him in expectation. As a part of the process of finding the person who would be the 12th apostle, the one who would take Judas's place, the believers presented two candidates. The first was Barsabbas and the second was Matthias. These two men were followers of Jesus who had trusted Jesus from the time of his baptism right up until then. Rather than vote on who would make the best candidate, as we might do now, the believers prayed, and they prayed expectantly, and they prayed confidently, trusting that the sovereign Lord of the universe, their saviour, would guide the casting of the lots. And then they cast lots to see who God had chosen. And the lot fell on Matthias. And he became the 12th apostle. This is the last time in scripture that they refer to the casting of lots. Because after the day of Pentecost, God interacted with his people in a very different way. But what these verses are showing us is that we can trust God to answer our prayers. Because we serve the God who is in control of everything, even the smallest details of our lives nothing escapes his attention and nothing is out of his control it isn't even random the rolling of a dice and so as we actively trust jesus while we wait we are called to pray expecting our loving savior to answer and to work all things together for the good of those who love him in the verses we've been looking at today, the believers were told to wait in Jerusalem for the gift the Father would soon give them, the promised Holy Spirit. And just like those believers, we too are called to wait. We live in the now, but not yet. We are new creations in Christ Jesus if we have faith in him, and yet we still wrestle with our old sinful nature. And we still live in a fallen and broken world. We're among those who are waiting for our Saviour's return. But we cannot, we are not called to wait and be idle. We are called to prepare for Christ's return by playing our part in his harvest. 
And so these verses are challenging each of us to ask ourselves, are we being intentional as we wait for the Lord to return just as he has promised? He is the one who will bring in the harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest, but we have our part to play. We have this everlasting hope in him. We have his promised Holy Spirit. And we have the good works that he has prepared in advance for each of us to do. And so that raises the question, are we currently looking for opportunities to share the good news of Jesus with someone we know? Are we personally involved in a, in a club or a group or some sort of activity in our community? Are we representing Jesus in our community in, in whatever we are involved in? Are we praying for someone that they might come to know Christ? If you aren't, then I encourage you to think about who you could be praying for and who you could be coming alongside and being a friend to, maybe the only friend they know that knows Jesus. These verses are calling each of us to ask ourselves, how are we waiting for the promised return of Jesus? Are we sitting idle or are we actively trusting Jesus while we wait for him to bring in the harvest? Because if we are among those who have faith in Christ Jesus, we are people who have been called to wait. Let's not be idle. But rather, like those early believers, as they waited for the promised Holy Spirit, may we actively trust Jesus in prayer and in preparation and by participating in the work that God has set aside for each of us to do. Let's come before the Lord in prayer. Father God, we know that for everyone who has faith in you, you have prepared good works in advance for us to do, ways in which we can participate in your work of bringing people into your kingdom. Lord, we pray that you would convict each of our hearts on the ways that you would have us serve you. Lord, that we know that look different for each of us depending on our stage of life. But Lord, we pray that you would guide us and enable us to serve you. Help us not to be idle, but to actively trust Jesus while we wait for our ultimate hope to happen of life forever in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.